everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, our Equipped for Change edition. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And um, on today's episode, I wanted to talk about privilege. And whenever you're looking at trying to influence or or bring about any type of change within an organization, within a team, within a system, um, within a, a, a community, there are going to be those who have an inherent set of privilege um, based upon their standing in the organization, based upon who they are, their connections, um, based upon race, based upon social economic status. And whenever we're talking about change and we're talking about kind of shaking up the status quo, a lot of times there are people who we need to bring along as allies, people who say that they want to help, people that say that they want to join with us in terms of making things different and, and, and making things um, happen, um, to right some wrongs that have existed for a long period of time. And this is being recorded during both COVID-19 and the recent unrest, um, an incident, you know, racial unrest as a result of the murder of George Floyd um, in Minneapolis by a police officer. And regardless of when you're listening to this, I wanted to frame that as a context because I needed you to understand that regardless of the times that we're in, regardless of the unrest, regardless of the, 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 the discomfort that we're all feeling, any time change happens, you're going to have incidences and instances where people who need and want things to shift are going to need and want and desire the support of allies who have inherent privilege. And I'm not framing this in light of a racial issue of black versus white. I'm, I'm framing this in light of a privilege issue because privilege equals power. Privilege equals, and, and it means that you inherently come with a set of advantages that you may or may not have sought out, um, but that have been bestowed upon you or that you are benefiting from whether you realize it or not. And so during this particular time, I've had a lot of people who've reached out um, because I am a, a black woman and, and they're asking, you know, and I see posts from people who are asking, what do we do when we see injustice? When do we do when we see discrimination? What do we do when we see racism? What do we do when we see sexism or classism or ageism? What do we do when people who are marginalized and who have not been afforded the same opportunities to grow and to partake equally and equitably in, in, in what is being offered, what do we do with that? Well, the first thing I wanna talk about is I don't want you to feel guilty about it unless you are having some specific hand in, in making sure that this is gonna continue. I don't want you to feel guilty. I want you to understand the privilege. I want you to understand how to be an ally. And that comes up in a number of different situations, in a number of different circumstances, in a number of different ways in your life where privilege is not just about race. 
privilege is not just about class. Privilege is not just about, um, about gender or sexual orientation. Privilege is about power. And it is about those who have been given and afforded the power and the benefit of the doubt in certain circumstances that others do not have. So how can you be an ally? How can you leverage your privilege? How can you wield that power of privilege to be able to assist others? So today I wanna to talk about five specific things that immediately came to mind when asked about what, what can I do? And this response was penned um, to someone who asked specifically, what can they do when they recognize their privilege and they don't know what to do because the system that they're a part of and that we're all a part of is bigger than just one person. And, and they want to help those who desire to take action, who desire to, to bring about change, but they don't know where to begin. And for those people who wish there's something they can do and people who say that, you know, I'm only one person and I can't change the world, here are five things that you can do if you genuinely desire to help bring about change. Number one, use your voice. Speak out against the injustice. Use any platform that you have, your voice, your circle of influence, to condemn those who treat the lives and the rights of others with a cavalier attitude or discount them or diminish them. That means within your organization, you will speak up against people who are marginalized. That means within your teams, you will give people um, who have been marginalized or discriminated against, you'll give them an opportunity to speak because you'll speak up for them. You having a voice and having your voice be listened to and acted upon based on what you say or suggest means that you have privilege that can be used for the benefit of others. Number two, it's not just enough to speak up in individual circumstances and speak up in, in situations, but you also need to, to go on record, send letters, emails, sign petitions if necessary, call for change, contact your elected officials, contact your leadership, contact people and, and who are in power positions to demand change and justice. We cannot change an entire system alone. You need to have advocates and allies who are going to use the power of the pen in order to make sure that people understand what they're not happy with and what is it that needs to be changed. Number three, if you are in an organization where you have decision-making power, or if you are in a community where you are um, a part of that overall, um, that overall group, vote, you know, not just based on your own best interest, but with an eye towards the responsibility of caring for the quote unquote least of these who don't have the power and whose voices are not heard. When you have privilege, when you have power, you have positioning. You have the benefit of the doubt of being heard. You have the benefit of the doubt where people look to you and listen to you and act based on what you see, what you say. So number four, be compassionate. 
be sensitive, be supportive to those who are living with the trauma of racism, discrimination, um, margin, being marginalized. Understand that the trauma that people go through when they are systematically discriminated against and when they are constantly on the receiving end of injustice takes a toll. It may not make sense to you as to why they're angry. It may not make sense to you as to why they feel disgruntled or, or, or passed over. It may not make sense to you in terms of why they're grieving. It didn't happen to them specifically. It didn't happen to a family member specifically, but it happened to somebody that's a part of their group, a part of their race, and it is going to impact them. And I'm not just talking about this from a racial standpoint. I'm talking about this from a, um, a gender specific standpoint. I'm talking about this from an ageism. Like you don't know what triggers other people have because you don't understand the trauma that they've been through. And I need you to communicate with them. Tell them how much you're hurting for them. Be with them. Tell them that you're sorry that they have to continue to deal with the horror over and over again. Treat them as if you would treat someone who's experienced the death of a close loved one because in their eyes, they are mourning the loss of hope, the loss of freedom, the loss of opportunity. Whenever you see injustice, whenever you see discrimination, whenever you see a, a, a situation where someone is being cast out and cast aside or punished undeservedly or made to feel less than or, or, or physically harmed or emotionally scarred simply because of who they are, you have a responsibility of, as an ally to speak out. And you need to be compassionate. That does not mean that you need to take on the onus and the responsibility for it unless you had a direct hand in it. It does not mean that you, you turn the other cheek and say, well, I can't say anything because I am representative of the powers that be that have caused this anguish. You just need to relate to them as another human being. I have had so many conversations with people who say, well, I can't imagine what it's like to be black. I can't imagine what it's like to be a woman. I can't imagine what it's like to be the only. I can't imagine what it's like to be passed over for promotion. I can't imagine. When you say you cannot imagine, that means you cannot empathize. When you say that you cannot wrap your mind around what it would feel like to have someone that you care for killed, what it would feel like to have your voice and your work discounted, what it would feel like to have someone overlook you and pass you over for promotion and recognition, what it would feel like to constantly be put on the spot and, and singled out because of who you are, what it would feel like to have people diminish you and dismiss you because they automatically don't feel as if you're good enough. If you've never walked in those shoes, if you've never had that happen, Fine, but be compassionate and sensitive and supportive to those who have. You don't need to walk in my shoes to care about how I feel. You don't need to experience exactly what have I, whatever I've experienced in order to feel compassion for how that must affect me. 
you don't need to have to to be in my shoes to have common decent courtesy you don't need to walk a mile in my shoes in order for you to care and when we talk about privilege and we talk about being an ally we talk about taking action it's not just about the conversations you know the the there was an episode of my podcast that i did where i talked about how to have difficult conversations with people when it came to issues of racism or discrimination or sexism or whatever it was a big part of that is just listening not to respond not to react not to give past judgment but listening to learn being open to understanding and when i talk about this i talk about this from a lens of being human and being connected and number five don't forget it is easy to retreat into the familiar habits of everyday living once the news cycle and the event and the triggering emotions and you know whatever the incident is quote unquote has happened and everybody's moved on the public outrage or the organizational outrage has disappeared and things get back to quote unquote normal when you have privilege privilege means you get to pick and choose when how and if you are impacted by those things those in the crosshairs of discrimination and racism and sexism and in every other type of ism don't get to choose when they deal with it they don't get a day off it is part of the fabric of who they are and and what they have to deal with on a day in and day out basis they don't have the luxury of forgetting that they are targets that they're sitting ducks as they go about the business of just living their lives because of the way i look and the color of my skin i cannot forget that i'm a black woman in america i cannot forget when i walk into a room and i am the only or one of a couple or a handful i cannot forget when i go in and i'm working on committees and i'm being included in initiatives but the the conversations and the decisions about what needs to be the focus and the topics of discussion and the programs that we need to bring don't speak to me and my experience i don't get to forget i don't get to pick and choose i don't get to to decide that i'm not dealing with it i just have to deal with it i have to adjust i have to cope And with all of this, the five things that I've talked about with with speaking out and and sending letters and and going on record and and voting um and 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 helping to 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 change the decision-making process and being compassionate and not forgetting, all of that comes down to one thing. You have to remember, change is a process that begins with an event. So this process is not going to stop with just one action. If you truly want to make an impact, if you truly want to create change, if you truly want to make things different and better, the key is to continue the process long after the event has passed. Right now there are protests and riots and demonstrations 
and outrage that is being expressed on social media and on the news. And every time you turn on the, on the, on the television, there is something else. Every time you open an, an app, there is something else. There are so many people that are hurting and crying out and talking about what needs to be done and how, need, how things need to be done that it, it's in your face. But what happens when that's done? What happens when there are no longer widespread protests? What happens when this just becomes another hashtag? What happens when we decide, or the world at large, or the community at large, or the majority community decides that it's no longer important because it's no longer top of mind? Are we going to do the consistent work to make things better? Are we going to make a commitment to make sure that whatever privilege is afforded to any of us is being used in ways that are going to benefit the majority of us? How are we going to approach building communities and building teams and, and building a, a, a collaborative and cooperative mindset if we're not willing to use our privilege. As a black woman who went to an Ivy League university, who has a master's degree, who has had her own business for almost 15 years, I have some privilege. As an African American woman who controls how she makes her money, who lives in a house that she rents in a nice neighborhood, I have my own version of privilege. Just because you have privilege does not mean that you are a bad person. It doesn't mean that you are unjustly awarded with the privilege that you have. It doesn't mean that you have to hide that or be ashamed of that. When we have privilege, whatever the privilege is, we have to do better with it. If you're neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen oppression. That's a quote by Desmond Tutu. Neutrality and doing nothing is not an option when you have privilege. If I walk outside and I see a woman who's being accosted or, um, or, or, or ridiculed or bullied, I don't have the option of not acting. If I see someone who, if I have a platform like this podcast or, you know, articles where I'm a contributing writer or, you know, being on a panel, if I have the opportunity to use my voice and I have a circle of influence of people who are going to listen to me and I do not use it for the betterment of other people, then I'm not using my privilege. There are times when you cannot remain silent. There are times when you cannot remain neutral. There are times when you have to make a decision about what are you really going to stand for. And when I talk about all of this in terms of being equipped for change, I'm talking about this not just in the here and now of social uh, social justice issues. I'm talking about this within the permutations within, in, within the 
in the realm of every type of organizational structure where we are coming together as people. And that means in your companies, in your churches, in your nonprofits, in your schools, in your organizations, everything. Because we cannot operate, we cannot become consistently better if we do not address the issues that tear us apart. And in addressing the issues that tear us apart, we need advocates, we need allies, we need people who understand their privilege and are okay with using it. We need people who understand that their silence speaks louder than their words when it really comes down to it. Martin Luther King said, Martin Luther King Jr. said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And if you say that you are an ally, if you say that you are someone who is supportive of you know, equal rights, if you say that you want to see change in your organization, if you say that you want more people to be able to experience what it's like to be equal. If you say that as a DEI professional who is championing diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging, that you want to see a workforce and a workplace that is more conducive to bringing people together than tearing them apart. But when opportunities arise, you don't speak up, you don't go on record, you don't offer support, you are not compassionate, you are not consistent. Instead, you shrug your shoulders and say, what can I do? You think, oh, there must have been a reason. You decide that it's not real because it's just the media. You say, I can't relate and I can't imagine. If you go, if you don't go beyond any of that and you don't decide that I am going to take some action, regardless of how small it is or inconsequential, if you're not willing to take action, you're not being an ally. If you're not willing to speak up or to do something, and it doesn't have to be in front of everybody Privilege and being an ally can happen one person at a time. But we need those with privilege to understand how to wield it, how to put it to good use for the general good of everyone. This requires a change in your mindset, not just focusing on your behavior. Because when you focus on behavior, you isolate the issue to being excused by training or just a lack of steps or a lack of info or a lack of awareness. But when you focus on changing mindsets and the way people think, we can influence and shift their thoughts that lead to action. And I am imploring you today, if you have any type of privilege, if you are in any type of situation or circumstance where you are better 
in a better position or more advanced or have influence or your voice can be heard. You have a responsibility to think about what it means for you to have this privilege, what it means for you to be able to wield this, and what are you going to do with it? Developing that emotional connection, realizing that we're all human beings and we have to humanize what happens to other people by thinking about what, what would I feel like if it happened to me? Learning from other people, collaborating, talking to them, having conversations that are honest and raw and allowing everyone to process their emotions and their feelings about where they are with this and how this impacts them in a way that is safe and that is authentic and that gives value to what they say and what they feel. Exposing our assumptions about what we think other people may be going through or other people may be thinking or other people may, be, may desire. Individualize this process, but don't trivialize it. You can't say, oh, it's just one person. It's just one woman. It's just one situation. It's just one circumstance. That is a part of the ripple effect. The domino effect where one domino falls and it impacts everything else and everyone else. Yes, these are individual experiences. Yes, these are individual responses and reactions. Yes, these are individual situations. But don't trivialize it. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the bigger issue. Look at what it is that we're ultimately trying to achieve. And then build a foundation. What is going to be next? What is the change that we want to see? What is the outcome? What is our mind movie of success in terms of that vision of if everything were operating at the pinnacle of success and, and equality and diversity and equity and inclusion and belonging were, a, were a, a given, what would this look like? And then identifying it and looking at what does it take to make that happen? And breaking that down until we get down to the, the, the first step. I am going to start with this one thing. I am going to commit to doing this one thing. What is that one thing that you're going to do? How are you going to wield your privilege? How are you going to make an impact? It may start out feeling like it's nothing. It may start out feeling like it's just dropping a, pedal in, a, a, a pebble in an ocean. But there's momentum because even the smallest pebble creates a ripple. And as you gain momentum and it becomes not just you, but a colleague and then a team member and then a team and then a group and then an organization, division, department, company, community. Change starts with one person's actions, but one person's actions can become a catalyst that will move us forward as we gain momentum and add other people to the mix. So your privilege can be wielded in ways 
that will not that will go beyond just you and bring others along in the process because we never know what type of impact we can have by just using our voice and practicing the power of leveraging our privilege these are unprecedented times as they say these are times when the the collective consciousness of who we are as individuals and who we desire to be as a society are being tested these are times when we cannot take for granted any opportunity to speak out and to speak up for change yes change is a process that begins with an event but i don't want you to focus so much on the event that you minimize and dismiss the opportunity to participate in the process. I need you to recognize your privilege, to wield your privilege, and to take your power and use it for the good of others. I hope this has given you food for thought. I hope this has had you to think about things in a new light and given you some hope. I'm Keisha Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. Visit my website at carsgroup.com, that's K-A-R-S group.com, and contact me so that we can see how we can create change together. Until next time.